Hello, everybody. Hello, word nerds. How are you doing? We have another guest today. I uh, I am so thrilled that these people contacted me out of the blue. Um, you heard from Aaron recently from the Human Values Podcast and the Human Content Network. And today, we have his lovely co-host, who is equally as funny, if not, he says, more funny. You guys may have to have a little chat about that. I'll let him win that one. Maybe I, well, I mean, but then I set a really high bar for myself and I don't want anyone listening to this to be like, hey, that hoe was not funny at all. <laughs> yeah, let's keep, I like to keep the standards low for sure. Expectations low, that's the way to do it. Yeah, so, that's what I always say. Lindsay, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to to have you read me words. Like I'm just a little baby <laughs> in the in a blanket, right, a little sleepy, but not sleepy enough. And you're gonna make me all the way sleepy, and then and then I'll fall asleep to your nice word talks. I have <laughs> my word talks. I have definitely told people this could be a podcast for going to bed to. I don't know if it's true, but I think it makes sense. I mean. I- it sound that sounds very good to me. You know, I'm a big um, ASMR person. Okay. So anyone like talking to me and kind of in any sort of voice really just. So what you're saying is you may not talk at all through this episode. You're just going to calmly listen and you may fall asleep. Yeah. If I do, don't wake me up because. I'll just keep on reading. Yeah. Just keep, just go with it. Go with the flow. Maybe I'll say something cool in my sleep and everyone will be like, oh, that was so revealing. You know, what what does the unconscious have to say? Exactly. Well, so can you, in your own words, give uh, tell me and tell everybody a little bit about your show, Human Values? Oh, I would love to. So um, my good friend Aaron and I um, have always had a very special and bizarre relationship. And we've always loved weird hypotheticals. Um, And so he and I decided to do a show where we invite guests on to talk about how much it would cost for us to do absurd things, like such as uh, never ever cut or trim any hair on our body ever again, or have a statue in the middle of our house that grows a foot every time we don't get eight hours of sleep. Was that the dragon one? That dragon was the dragon statue? one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, you know, just really the questions that plague us all as human beings these are the things we think about all the time exactly you know we're really just trying to keep our finger on the pulse of the people oh yeah yeah the the people need to know so yeah uh as i said in the in the other episode um they reached out to me and i was like i gotta check out your show first and uh obviously i was hooked immediately because the concept the concept is just fantastic and just having these really serious conversations about how much would i actually need in real life uh, I, I hadn't seen that done before, so uh, I think it's fantastic. And I thanks. Um, when I have time, I will definitely listen to more episodes. I've listened Please to three do. so far. I've started yeah. to like take it all a little too seriously, where I'm like, <laughs> it feels too real to me, and now I can't even have fun because I'm like, I need two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and I, I'm getting upset. I'm having right. too many emotions around it, where I'm like, I forgot this was supposed to be funny. I'm I'm out here like bargaining for my life. Well, and then you, if you do it so often, you're like, am I actually going to get this money? I know. <laughs> is this and then thing I'm really like, going to happen? Wait, I'm still broke. This is a problem. What I really want to know, I, I was thinking about this, is how much effort do you actually put in before the recording of how, how much money you need to do all these things? Well, that's a really good question. So I like to have a basic idea of all of the mechanics, all of the pieces of the question, Um, like what would be involved. But then a lot of the numbers I end up working out in real time because sometimes in talking it out with other people, my mind changes. Mm. Like something that I thought wouldn't be so hard, suddenly I realize that there's more to it than I thought or yeah. there would be legal ramifications or health ramifications. And so then I'm asking for more money. Um, but sometimes I realize that something that I thought was going to be a lot more complicated or that would be so much more expensive is actually maybe going to be kind of fun and not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like, for instance, going to hunt for the Yeti, oh. I thought would be a very expensive sojourn for me. But then once we hashed it out, I was like, wait, this actually sounds great. And maybe I fall in love with the Yeti and maybe it was all worthwhile. So and relationship blossoms. 
Exactly, exactly. And then, you know, uh, my my heart is so full and I have found my true love and it just so happens to be the Yeti and then it was all worth it. So, you know, stuff like that. Right. You like $5 for that one. Yeah, what I what I <laughs> thought was really interesting was that um, everybody seemed to have a different way that they thought about this topic. Like there was like one thing, okay, there's this logistical thing that I really need to think about. And you all sort of brought different things to the table in that way. Yeah. And then, yeah, it sparks your mind about what they thought and, and vice versa. Yeah, totally. Fantastic. Staying flexible, I think, is really the way to do it so that like I have an, I have a vague idea going in, but I try to stay open-minded because like I was saying, I take it very seriously. Like it doesn't feel hypothetical when I'm in it. I'm like, this is real. I'm going to have a statue in my living room that grows a foot every time I don't sleep eight hours. And that is just what my life is going to be. And I really have to consider everything and take it more seriously than anyone ever should. And it's great. Wasn't there something about tattooing something to your forehead? Yes, there was one was about like your phone number. Yeah, yeah, your phone number to your to your face. Um, there are a lot of ramifications to that one, you know. Yes, and also, I've had to consider tattoo removal eventually once it's done, and scarring, and people knowing your phone number, and all of that stuff. So, you know, there's a lot to think about. There are, uh, and I cannot wait to come on at some point, maybe next year. Uh, I, 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 I can't wait mostly just to find out what you guys come up with for what the three topics are. Um, and then, you know, just to put the energy into like, what, what, how much money do I actually need? I, I, that's a good challenge for my brain, I think. Yeah. I cannot wait for you to come on and play the game with us. It's, yeah. it's very fun. We have so much fun doing it. Sweet. Yeah. Should we talk about some words? Would you oh like to God. be lulled to sleep? <laughs> Again, if I fall asleep, do not wake me up because, you know, you might get something interesting out of me. And I'm really excited about these words. I really, you know, I not to be crass, but I do love D's. <laughs> let's talk about some D's. Yeah, let's talk uh, about D's. The first word in this episode is demiurge. Demi? Yeah. D-E-M-I-U-R-G-E. And... Just a couple episodes ago, we learned about the demi prefix, which is all about half of a thing or less of a thing. So, um, I mean, I'm just going to assume that this is less of an urge. I don't know. Let's let's actually read this and not make up stuff in our brains. <laughs> this is a noun from 1840. Number one is capitalized. It's a very important capital D there. 1A. A platonic subordinate deity who fashions the sensible world in the light of eternal ideas. That was very poetic. Gorgeous. Right? But I also I, I'm having a really hard time wrapping my head around that one. Me too. Platonic subordinate deity. I don't know what any, it's a deity, it's a god who fashions the sensible world in the this is blowing my mind. Yeah. Fashions the sensible world in the light of eternal ideas. Okay, I think I may have to put uh, a link in the show notes where people can go learn more about this fascinating demiurge. But there's demiurge, more. Demiurge, a person. Okay, great. I guess yeah, it's, it's a deity. It's a deity. One B, a gnostic subordinate deity. Okay, this is different, similar but different. A gnostic subordinate deity who is the creator of the material world. And I have to point out that the word Gnostic starts with a G. So that's important. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so those two are both with a capital D. They're one's platonic, one's Gnostic. One fashions the sensible world and one creates the material world. And that's all I have for that. Wow. Wowie, wow, wow, wow. Okay, wait. So this is, what blows my mind is that there is a subordinate that's just out here creating material worlds. Like you would think that's more like a boss job. Yeah. Well, and I wonder if subordinate, if they're using a different definition than the one that we often think of, like a yeah, boss what, and then what a subordinate. What do they mean by subordinate? Right, right. It's probably similar, but yeah, maybe it's like not the highest level deity, but maybe just the next level down. Well, 
you know, maybe there's a difference between creator, like their creating material world, like they're down there, like, you know, putting clouds together all boring. <laughs> they're doing the manual labor. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're like making the plans for a mountain, whereas like the kind of the boss deity is like make a mountain bitch. <laughs> right. Make a mountain bitch. Okay, so, yeah. I got to come up with the plans. I'm going to do my yeah. CAD design for the mountain. Oh, yeah. is this the kind of mountain that you're looking for? No, make it 30 times bigger. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, that's a hill, you little yeah. demiurge. I said mountain. Get it right or pay the price. Patoy. You're just a demiurge. Yeah, you're just a little demiurge. We have a number two for this one, which is one that is an autonomous creative force or decisive decisive power. Ooh. So, Yeah. That's uh, not capitalized. Not capitalized for that one. Hmm. Okay, yeah, this one's fascinating. Um, I, I want to learn a little bit more about this one, and so we'll put some more in the show notes. Demiurgic or demiurgical, that is an adjective. And the etymology, I hope it helps. This is from the Greek demiorgos. Do you know Greek? I don't, I don't know Greek. Yeah, I don't either. Thanks for asking, though. You're you're welcome. I have to ask everybody <laughs> things like that now and then. So demiorgos literally means artisan or one with special skill. And that is from demios, which is of the people, because demos is from means people. And then orgos means worker. So they're kind of like the one who is working for the people and there's more at the word demagogue, which uh, that was a couple episodes ago. That was that's an interesting one at demagogue, and also the synonym work or the the word work. So uh, yeah, that that hopefully that helps. I really need to see this used in a sentence. Oh yeah, um, big time because I feel like demi. I need I need more about demi. <laughs> Yeah, because when I think exactly. demi, because demi is like less or part. yeah. So in this context, it actually is from the root of people. Demos means people. So uh, an urge, orgos means worker. So it sounds like, and this is not helpful, believe me. But it seems like it's like the worker of the people or the person who is working for the people or something. That's all I got. Wow, I mean that's a hard that's a hard word. It's a hard word. I need I need a video. I need examples in history. I yeah. need I need a lot more information here. All right. Well, when this episode airs, because you can't Google it beforehand, when this episode airs, you can check the show notes. I'll put some stuff in there. Can't wait. Perfect. Um, I don't know if you know, but after every word, there's a sound effect. Is there a certain sound or something that uh, that that you like that we should make a sound effect for today? I'm what? Yeah, exactly. That's how people respond often. Uh, for instance, Aaron said he liked a trumpet sound. So we just made trumpet sounds after each word. Um, oh, yeah. He's and it's just, really it, good at trumpet sounds. <laughs> I've heard his trumpet sounds many, many times. <laughs> I'm sure you have. He, he had it right off the bat. He knew what he wanted right away. So it's just it's just a little sound effect. Say, OK, this word, we're done with this word. We're going to move on to the next word. It's like a like a whoosh is kind of a good like, OK, we're moving on. But that's no fun. A whoosh is no fun. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably overdone. Right. So when a word is done, we need to figure out a, a sound effect. And we're going to make it with our mouths. Okay. Should we do like um, like the punchline drums of like... Oh, yeah, yeah. That's perfect. Okay. You just you just did the sound. So now we are going to move on to demi-world. And this is, this is one word. This, this reminds me of Middle Earth. Yeah. Noun from 1862. It is the number two definition for demimond, D-E-M-I-M-O-N-D. Do you, do you happen to know what that is? Demimond? Yeah. I definitely did not, but I learned about it in the previous episode. What is it? So, because we've already gotten through this, I can tell you. This is, this one specifically, it is the number two definition it is a distinct circle or world that is often an isolated part of a larger world. And okay. then especially one having low reputation or prestige. This oh. comes, this actually comes from, um, well, to put it bluntly, prostitutes. Because oh. um, demimond is also a class of women on the fringes of respectable society who often are supported by wealthy lovers. 
so anyway, it's like the underground world, kind of. I see. Cool. Of society. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's our favorite place. Yeah. Um, there's an example. The demi world of drugs. So oh, the demi world of drugs. Okay. Little drug yeah. world. The demi world of prostitution. The demi world of sugar babies. Oh, yes. Exactly. The demi world of adult babies. Adult babies. The, de- the demi world of demi urges. Ooh. Yeah. That's like the perfect sound effect. Okay. The next word is demo. This is a noun from 1793. Number one is capitalized. And it is the number two definition for the word Democrat, which we are going to have later this episode. So hold on to your pants. Hold on tight. Number 2A. Not too tight, though, please. Um, Number 2A is the 1B definition for the word demonstration, which is, you know, you got to put on a demonstration to show how to use a product. And we just shorten it to demo. Classic demo. Exactly. I... And how can you not automatically just think about uh, like an infomercial? That's it's all all I can think about is infomercials. But also at grocery stores when they're like they'll make a thing and then they'll put a tiny little piece of it into a tiny plastic cup, and you're like, I like it. Where's that? Where can I? And then you act like you're gonna buy it, and you're not. Nope. Set it down. I'm done. Here, let me show you how to cook this thing. It's so easy. Even you can do it. Number 2B, this one is British, and it is the number four definition for demonstration. And I'm sorry, you all will just have to check in a couple uh, episodes from now to learn about what that one is. It's British, though. The British say demo for that specific definition. Number 3A, we have the, it's the A definition for the word demonstrator. So the one who is doing the demonstration, I guess, is the demo. Hmm. Sure. Why not? 3B, a recording intended to show off a song or performer to to a record producer. Have you wow. ever had to make a demo? You know, I've helped people with it. Actually, no, I have had to make a demo for something. It was kind of fun. Yeah. I uh, my, my dad was in the voiceover world for many, many years. That's how he made his living. And so it's like it seemed like every year he was making a new demo and he was doing something, you know, and this was like old reel to reel tapes and cassette tapes. And he would send them out to everybody. This is like the 1980s and 90s days of voiceover work. It's, it's so different from now where it's just all digital. It's so Everything, easy to yeah. make a demo now. Anyone can do it. Even even me. Uh Okay, that's that's the demo for a record producer. We have 3C, an example of a product that is not ready to be sold, as in a demo version of the software. Wow, yeah. Number four, it is the number two definition for demographic. This, this uh, it's just a short form of all these different demo words. And what's interesting is I don't think demolish was in here at all. Where is or, it? Right? I think they missed one because when I hear demo, that's another thing I think of like just demoing a thing. You that's you shorten it to demo. Yeah, dem- mm. yeah. It's a demo. Right. Let's do the demo. They missed one. H- we had need to H-G-T-V. call Mr. Webster. Yeah. All all the dictionary people are going to get yelled at. Um there is no etymology cuz there's there's just too much. So, uh, drum punchline, please. The next word is demob. Demob. Hmm. First form, transitive verb from 1919. This is chiefly British because it is, uh, the synonym is demobilize. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. You're going to demob, demob the army. Demob the hordes of angry people. Yeah, we can't have them mobilized over here, so we have to demob them. I like um, it. And um, I don't know why this isn't American. Just the just the British have taken demob- on demob. I wouldn't say demob. You would I say would it. I would just you say have- demobilize. Yeah, yeah. I demob don't know why we didn't shorten sh- it. It's a weird. Sh- yeah, we could shorten it. We can start today. Let's do it. Let's change American English right now. 
Handshake. High five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the next word, yeah. is the second form of demob. Noun from 1945. This is also chiefly British. And before I even get to the thing, what I find is interesting is that this one, 1945, is in the World War II time zone. And the other one is 1919, which I don't know if you know, but I feel like that's a lot closer to the World War I timeline, mm-hmm. which I think is just kind of interesting. It's just before and just after, really, that we're talking about right now. Yeah, right around there. So this one is the act or process of demobilizing. So basically, one was the verb and one was the noun. Yep, that's the only difference. That's it. Hey, should we talk about the actual word demobilize? Let's do it. Drum sound. It's going to get very repetitive. I'm sorry. Have fun with it. it. Feel free. No, I'm here. I'm here for it. I like it. Demobilize. This is a transitive verb from 1882. Number one, this synonym is disband. If, if a group is banded together, they have mobilized their infantry, and but we have to break it apart no more. Number two, to discharge from military service and demobilization is a noun. See, when I think of discharging from military service, it sounds very individual. But when I think of demobilization, I think of a large group. Yeah, I do too. That that second one is a little I mean, I guess technically and I've never I have no military experience, so I cannot speak to this smartly, but I guess if you're in the military, you have mobilized with the rest of your people. Yeah. That's the only thing I could think of. But yeah, makes sense. What you said makes sense to me. I mean, you know, I'm just doing my best. It, it's fantastic. Ooh, <laughs> y- you know what? We have some really fun words now. Oh god. We have the word (laughs) democracy. This is a noun from 1576. Number, it's very old. Um, 1A, we have uh, many definitions here. 1A, government by the people, especially rule of the majority. So the majority says what goes, and it is a government specifically for the people not for the monarchs not for all those other people but specifically for the people and uh i'm skipping ahead but we know the greek word demos means people so that is why this word is that Ooh yeah one b a government in which the supreme power is vested in the people that's very important and exercised by them directly or indirectly through a system of representation usually involving periodically held free elections. Mm-hmm. A lot mm-hmm. of information there. Okay, so quick quick question for you. What's up? We have uh, three, four, f- four or so more definitions for this one word. Uh, we, we, should we just go through them and then maybe chat a little afterwards or, or do you have things to say maybe after each one? There's, cause there's really- a lot to say, I think. There's a lot to say, but I'm really, because, you know, these ones that you just said are the ones that I think of on a larger scale when I think of democracy. But I feel like the next ones maybe are a little bit more nitty gritty. And mm. I want to know about that knit and that grit. Oh, yeah. You got to get all up in the knit and the grit. Yeah. Number two, a political unit that has a democratic government. So one unit of a thing politically is a democracy. Okay, I've not heard that of that. Sure, yeah, I guess I could see that. Number three is capitalized. The principles and policies of the Democratic Party in the U.S., as in, from emancipation, republicanism, to New Deal democracy. And that is a quote from C.M. Roberts. Who is C.M. Roberts, and how did he get into the dang dictionary? He's a dictionary celebrity. Oh, yeah, there, there's a handful. Shakespeare, I've seen Shakespeare a number of times. Oh, yeah, he's making up words left and right. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, there were two in one episode, actually. Okay, so the principles and policies of the Democratic Party specifically is the democracy. That's what it tells me. Number four, the common people especially when constituting the source of political authority. So the common people are, because they're the people. 
Mm-hmm. Number five, the absence of hereditary or arbitrary class distinctions or privileges. Uh, wow. Yeah, we said the etymology is from demos, which is people, and that's that's pretty much it. That that's it. So, um, oh, I feel like I have some some things to say, but we might have to hold on to that a little bit. So why? I don't why? Know. Well, it's more about thinking about the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. And if you look at just the etymology, uh, Democratic, the Democratic Party, seems very clearly uh, for the people, about the people. Yeah, it's not about Democrat or Republican democracy. I've seen so, so many. Do do you know, are you familiar with the group The Good Liars? Mm, No. Who are they? They're a group of a couple of guys that they go out and they interview people outside of like Trump rallies or where wherever, and they ask them questions and they usually have some sort of ridiculous answer. But something that I see often on those things is they'll be like, do you believe in democracy to the people there? And they'll be like, hell no. I don't want anything to do with democracy because they just don't understand that democracy is a concept and is a concept separate from the Democratic Party. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, And a lot of these people don't understand it um, because they're not civics experts. They're emotional people living their emotional lives and something has gotten under their skin. Um, So I love like the reminder of this concept of it's a government by the people and the rule of the majority, which also is kind of infuriating that we say we're a democracy. But does the majority? Yeah, you you may know this better than me, but if I remember correctly, uh, was it the last two? Was it 20? Oh, now I'm blanking. 2012? No, 2016. Um, I, I feel like there were two elections in a row where... I mean, Trump specifically in 2016 did not get the popular vote, yet he still won the Electoral College. Yep. And I feel like there was another one, which I'm totally blanking on. But the yeah, that really, really frustrates me because I, I understand it's very hard to tally every single person's vote in the entire country of 300 plus million people. But it, it the, the majority should mean something, right? And the fact that our system can make that happen where it's not the majority and that person still wins just blows my mind. Yep, it's crazy. I mean, it's close. I'm looking, it's happened four times in our elections. In, Ever? Yes. In 1876. Um, I remember that one, yeah. <laughs> in 1888, mm. uh, which is crazy. Um in 2000, Bush Gore, and yeah. in 2016, Clinton and Trump. But here's something funny about all four of these is that the Republican beat the Democrat with the Electoral College and not the popular vote in all four. Of Every those. time it was the Republican who won. The Republican who won the Dem- who won over the Democrat who actually got the popular vote. Yeah. Of, that had the majority, which is, you know, there are a lot of people that believe that the Electoral College should be, that we should not have it anymore. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who believe Seems this. Seems very dated. It does seem very dated. Um, but, you know, I do, I mean, it makes so much sense that the, that the person that wins is the person who got the most votes and that is just not what happens. And it's like, what? That's the entire yeah. basis of... The country. However, I don't know why they started the Electoral College. Like, I don't know. Wh- that's just my own foolishness um, that Same I don't know me. why they started the Electoral College. Um, but I'm going to find out right now. Yeah, it seems like, like it, it is important to know that stuff. Um, and yeah, I feel uh, I feel semi-educated about all these things more so than the people at the Trump rallies, probably less so than you and many other people. But yeah, it seems like, okay, we need the Electoral College because our country is getting so big and we have all these states and we need an easier way to sort of funnel all of this voting information into one place. Mm -hmm. But it feels like they could have done it in a better way. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, everyone is like, the framers, the framers, the framers, trust the framers. And I'm like, okay, we know a lot more now. Yeah. Than people did when they were prescribing a lot of things back in the day. Maybe also, we should go off of the new information. Yeah, and the fact that they, the who are the, the, the people, the electors, the fact that they can then say, no, I'm actually going to vote for this person instead of you choosing this person, I don't think it happens much at all, but the fact that it can happen is also very strange. Can and has. I figured it very has, recently. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I don't like it. Makes me mad. Not what democracy is, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. We 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 claim to live in a democracy, but when things like this are happening, then um maybe maybe we can't call this a democracy. Also, when the elected officials are, you know, there's lobbyists, there's people giving them money, oh. there's like campaign financing is such a, like I get so tripped up on it because I'm just like these people are getting so much money from these corporations, yep. much more from corporations than they're getting from individuals. And then who are they working for really, you know? Yeah, the money aspect is such a huge problem and not just with politics obviously. I mean for everything, money is the thing that just just brings it all down and it's like just you know you follow the money they're gonna make decisions based on money uh i have put so much brain power into thinking about that and i think it just causes me stress <laughs> yeah no it's definitely stressful i mean all of this stuff especially when it comes to politics i'm like i'm one person with an opinion and you know luckily a lot of people have similar beliefs which is mm -hmm. great and reassuring but then it's like you know i saw this video oh my god i saw this video today of it was marjorie taylor green's mm -hmm. um kind of like You've campaign said enough. <laughs> video which you know we all know she's a lot but this video was of her being like the democrats suck and here's what i'm gonna do about it i'm gonna get in a helicopter and shoot wild hogs from the sky yeah that totally seems logical <laughs> I, I yeah i see the the train of thought there yeah <gasps> it just doesn't yeah it didn't make any sense wow. i'm like oh my god those feral hogs i hope that they it, it would just be very just to, to see her taken down a notch by a by a <clears throat> horde of feral hogs i hope the helicopter goes down safely and the wild hogs just just you know, they do their thing. Or I hope she makes friends with a feral hog one day and Ooh, changes her be... mind. You know, feral hogs are really, they're really great. They're really nice. I have changed my mind. Yeah. Um, I hope that we have changed some people's minds on this, who are listening to this episode. Uh, if they did not know what democracy is, maybe they have been educated. Maybe. Or maybe they're just now enraged too and they're going to go watch the Mar Marjorie Taylor Greene <laughs> video and laugh at her because she is a stupid dum-dum. <laughs> yes she is uh oh there's okay maybe uh can you send me the link maybe i'll put it in the show notes to make Ooh. people's lives even easier yeah yeah great great but <laughs> the next word is democrat noun from 1789 1a an adherent of democracy so if oh, you like snap. democracy yeah if you like that uh, the majority rules it is a government for the people if you like all those things, then you are an adherent of democracy. You are a Democrat. Mm. Wow. 1B. One who practices social equality. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Number two is capitalized. A member of the Democratic Party of the U.S. Okay. And yeah. Again, this is this is all about the people. Let's be equals. Let's be good to the people who you are in the world with. That's how I feel. Yeah. Wow. I like that. Uh, I mean, it's. I like that it's ad an adherent of democracy also. Mm -hmm, it's very mm -hmm. much like... It's a belief in the rule in the majority rule is being yeah. a Democrat. For the people, by the people, all the people, people, people in it up. People, and people, people. Yeah. Please do a drum roll, whatever that is. The next word is democratic. Adjective from 1602. One of relating to or favoring democracy. 
We are favoring democracy when we are democratic. Number two is often capitalized of or relating to one of the two major political parties in the U.S. evolving in the early 19th century from the Anti-Federalists and the Democratic-Republican Party and associated in modern times with policies of broad social reform and internationalism. And that is a very small list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I do I do remember hearing that like back in the day, everybody would say, oh, you know, uh, Lincoln was a Republican, right? But, yeah. but then the, 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 the parties changed a little bit. And so, you know, this is not getting really in depth, but this is saying that the Democratic Party evolved from the Anti-Federalists and the Democratic-Republican Party. Do you know anything about that party? The Democratic-Republican Party? I know very little and not enough to speak knowledgeably on the subject. But I will say, I do think that it's fascinating, the evolution of the parties. And it's what's really cool is that I feel like we're seeing a little bit of it now where there's a little bit shifting sands between our our definition of what is a Democrat and what is a Republican. I feel like things are getting more extreme and people that had formerly thought of themselves as Republicans, maybe they see this party now and they don't identify or they think of the Democratic, Democratic Party from 10 I mean, from five even years ago or 10 years ago, and they are like this where it is now is not exactly where I am aligning. So I feel like we're actively getting to witness party structures changing and ideology changing, which is what had happened before where Republicans had a different approach to social justice. And that has now changed. And now we're kind of seeing it happen again. Kind of cool. Yeah, it is really fascinating to be living through this because, you know, we have this largely two-party system here in America mm-hmm. that, it, but you can't you can't split up a population of this many people into two groups. I mean, people are yeah. just so more nuanced than that. You know, you mm-hmm. look at Britain and, and uh, so many other countries and they have so many sub-parties and smaller parties and, you know... It just seems like it makes a lot more sense to have very specific viewpoints about the world and how to deal with people and money and government and all those things. And uh, yeah, it's it's a it's it'll be really interesting to see if we start to move into a, a more smaller party situation than these two massive ones. It's not sustainable. I like to think, I like to think that it will work, but you know then. You know, imagine the Democratic Party splits and then we lose every election because the Republican Party stayed together. You know what I mean? Or yeah, it would have to be versa. equal or something. Like there mm-hmm. has to be some way around like I would think there would have to be a very, very structured way that you go about splitting up both parties at the same time, though I have to imagine that the ideology is still so strong in how we see things. Mm-hmm. It would be it would be a really really heavy lift, I think, to create multiple parties um, in addition to the yeah. two that we already have. Just because you know that's all of the strategy goes into one and one. I just don't I just don't understand how it would work. I wish that it would work, but you know. Yeah, it would be a huge shock to the system. And it, yeah, it would take a massive amount of work. You know, there are there are lots of other things like even just daylight savings time, just getting rid of that seems like way more work than anybody feels like putting into it. And it's just one little thing. So, you know, splitting up these two massive parties into sub parties, it, it's just such a huge undertaking. But if people are curious about Democratic Republican, don't you worry. We're going to get to that at the end of this episode. <laughs> I cannot wait. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Um, okay, we left off at number two for Democratic. We have number three, relating to, appealing to, or available in the broad masses of the people, as in Democratic art. So uh, I like that. Art that appeals to the broad masses, I guess. 
Mm, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Something something that's democratic, something that everyone likes. Like such as uh Picasso. Does anyone like Picasso actually? Um I was gonna say, I don't know. He the lot he's pissed off a lot of people. Yeah, has Picasso, Picasso's cancelled. Um I don't know, Van Van Gogh. Van Gogh. I think everybody I think everybody likes Van Gogh. So we'll yeah. say Van Gogh created very democratic art. Art that appeals to the broad masses. Yeah, I think it's hard to find something that appeals to the broad masses these days. But, you know, there's some things out there. There's definitely some things. I mean, what are the things that bring people together? I'll tell you one of the shows that brings people together. <laughs> the show Yellowstone. I haven't seen it. I've seen, I've seen the ads. Uh, what are they, in season five now or something? Uh, something like that. But that show really reaches across the aisle. Every, everybody loves Yellowstone. I right. also haven't seen it. But I've I've seen the healing powers of Yellowstone on you know my family bringing people together. From the one image I remember seeing recently, I completely know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's appreciating appreciating it. Yeah. <laughs> um, number four for democratic, favoring social equality, and then also, <laughs> this is fantastic. Oh, I not love it. snobbish. Not snobbish people. Let's not say it again. Snobbish. Democratic is not snobbish. The whole painting of the Democratic Party as the elite is just so LOL to me. Yeah. Did you see that movie? Oh, I'm blanking on the name. Starts with an H. Um, Horton oh Hears boy. a Who. Yes, that was the one. The, the, the political things in Horton Hears a Who are just, you know, the, it, the, it's, 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 it's the a, it's underbelly. A, it's an undertone kind of thing. Oh, I think it's called Hunt. Is it The Hunt or The Hunt? The Hunt. P- uh, Betty Gilpin, uh, Hilary Swank. Did you ever see that movie? I did. That one uh, talks a lot about uh, the elite and people with money and... You know, the two different sides. They, they're really good about sort of not saying it, but also saying it at the same time. It's, a, it's an, an interesting movie. Did you like it? I didn't I see it. Oh, I thought you said you did. My bad. No. My bad. Uh, yeah, it's worth, it's worth watching. It's a, there's, there's a lot of statements going on in there. Um, and some people are quite snobbish in that movie. Look, I love snobs. I love a snob. When it's, uh, when it's appropriate, I like a snob. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, democratically is an adverb, and that finishes up democratic. But we are not done with these types of words. Uh, punchline drum. The next word is democratic centralism. Two words, noun from 1926. This is a principle of Communist Party organization by which members take part in policy discussions and elections at all levels, but must follow decisions made at higher levels. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I don't know enough about communism. I know, you know, the basics of like, okay, everybody gets the stuff, but it doesn't work great in real life, I guess. Yeah, like how are decisions made if not by majority? I don't know this. I should know more about communism because people talk about communism all the time. Yeah. But, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they make decisions. I assume decisions are made at high levels, but then how do you figure out who's going to be the high level person, you know? Right. How, how do you know? So members take part in policy discussions. So it's more of a discussion. And then that's how they make decisions. Um, and then, yeah, but they must follow the decisions from the higher level. So but yeah, I, democratic centralism. I wonder where the name comes from, because it's by the people, I guess. Democratic. It's the people who are deciding but uh, centralism, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe we need to put a link in the show notes for this one, too. Yeah, I think, I think we must, because i got to figure this out. Yeah. Okay, we have one more word for this episode. It is Democratic Republican. Two words with a hyphen, and the, cap- the first letters are capitalized. Uh, you know, from our point of view these days, it looks like this is two things that don't match, but... Clearly, our parties came from this. That's what it seems like to me. Democratic Republican is an adjective from 1818. That was a long time ago. That was over 200 years ago. 
of or relating to a major American political party of the early 19th century, maybe around 1818, favoring a strict interpretation of the Constitution to restrict the powers of the federal federal government and emphasizing states' rights. Interesting. So, based on that, it seems to me, with the small amount of knowledge that I have, that that's more about the Republican Party these days matches that definition more yeah, than the Democratic Party. Yeah, they're very, very pro-states' rights. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. I think they weaponize states' rights in a lot of way, like ways. Like, I'm very much pro, you make the decisions you need to make for your state, but I think that they do that mainly for the things that are federally restricted that they don't agree with. You know what I mean? Like, for oh. instance, women's health care and things like yep. that, where they are like finding any way that they can to get around certain federal rules that are actually kind of not that bad. Um, so yeah, they really took that from the democratic Republican and they really made it theirs. So good for them, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I'm also really curious now about, well, how did the democratic party come from this? Because when we saw democratic, yeah, when we saw democratic, it said that it was from the Anti-Federalists and the Democratic-Republican Party. So, But this didn't really say anything that these days Democrats, Democrats uh, believe in. So I feel this like whole... there's more to the Democratic-Republican. Oh. I feel like that's, the, that's just scratching the surface of Democratic-Republican Party. And I think we got another link for the show notes, people. Oh, oh we do. We have, <laughs> we have so many links. This is going to be a link-tastic episode. Link-tastic. Uh, this, this this definition is only three lines long, so you can really only go so far in a Not short little definition. Yeah. No, We need like, I don't know, an encyclopedia where we can have I longer know. explanations of things. <laughs> um, did, I'm sh- did we finish that one? <laughs> <laughs> we did, we did. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's so much to talk about more, but you know, we, we talked a lot about democracy and all, all those fun things. Um, yeah. Would you like to pick up the word of the episode? Word of the episode? I, I will reread them for you if you if you like. No, no. I know it. Oh, you know it. Okay, for the people, I'm going to reread them because maybe they want to play at home. Okay. We have Demiurge, Demiworld, Demo, Demob, Demob, Demobilize, Democracy, Democrat, Democratic, Democratic Centralism, and Democratic Republican. What do you got? Clear winner, Democracy. It yeah, really it takes thinking. up most of the page. It's the biggest it's the biggest idea. It means so much to so many people. Democracy wins. And so many people don't even know what it means, clearly. Now they do. Um was when I gave you the images of the, the sections that we could do, did you choose this one because of the word democracy? I got excited or? about it. I wanted to define it and I think that it's a definition that I, you know. I wish more people would hear and I'm yeah it made me I was like oh yeah that that's fun yeah the question that you said people were asking like do you believe in democracy or something like that it's on par with like how many moons does the earth have and people you know like on Jay Leno or whoever whoever would do those those questions just ask random people and people don't know the answers to these incredibly I don't know simple common sense things and I feel like, yes, democracy is a harder concept than moons, but still, it's like, come on. Yeah. Come on, people. Um, Would you like to sing a song about democracy or no? Yes. Please. Um, Are you ready? I'm ready. Always. Um, Okay. Uh, I don't have any instruments close by. Perfect. Are you, but are you ready? Wait. Yes. Okay. Once I was a small girl down on the bayou thinking about words and one that I thought of was democracy and democracy made my head hurt because so many people they don't know what it means and then I looked on my Instagram down on the bayou and I thought hey yeah lots of people are wrong and look at me I'm right because now I know the meaning. You really understand the concept of this podcast don't you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this, you and Aaron fit fo- so well <laughs> in this family. Uh, thank you for that. That was wonderful. Anytime, anytime. If you were, if you were to play an instrument with it, what would it be? And probably, would it have changed the song? Uh, probably, I would spoons. 
Oh, yes. That's a very spoony song. Spoons on my knee. You're a good old spoon clapper. I'm a spoon clapping kind of girl. Um, we didn't chat about this, and I, I'm sure you have to run, but real quick, um, maybe we can talk just a tiny little bit about animal activism, because I know we chatted about that before. Oh, yeah. Look, I was just talking today. I have a lot of emotion about I I saw a squirrel that was dead in the road, and I, mm. for some reason, that like opened the floodgates of what we do to animals on a daily basis is so utterly heartbreaking and massive on a global scale. It's killing billions of animals every year. It's killing people. It's putting workers in a terrible situation. It's There's literally nothing good about animal agriculture or eating animals for food. Also, just on an energetic level, you are putting so much suffering into your body. You are eating pain. Um, and, there are, and it's so easy to be vegan. It's just so easy to not eat whatever. If you want to eat dairy, I don't care. If you want to eat fish, sometimes I don't even care. But like, do your best to right. create less suffering in this world and to live a more compassionate life. Like, it's it's very very easy to make choices every day that make the world easier with less suffering. And that is how I feel about animal activism. <laughs> and that is exactly how I feel too. And uh, the listeners, the small handful of listeners on this podcast, have heard me say things like that on occasion. And uh, so you know. I have a fellow minded, similarly minded person here. And, uh, you know, I, I, I gotta, we gotta talk about it just, just enough. Just what you said is perfect. Um, there's so many benefits from the suffering to the health benefits, to the climate benefits, to all those things. It's kind of a no brainer. And yeah, like you said, just, just minimize, just do your best, do what you can. Be, uh, be one less person creating suffering on a already ailing planet, you know? Yeah. Because we got a lot of work to do to fix this planet. On that note. (laughs) Let's go out and fix the planet. Yay, democracy. (laughs) There's something. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That is going to be the end of this episode. Thank you very much to Lindsay being on this podcast, being on this episode. Thank you to Aaron for being on the previous one like a week and a half ago. And uh, I can't wait to to be on your show and to have you guys on this show again. I mean, hey, we got a bunch of letters, so come back for the ease, maybe. Yay, would love it. Yeah, that is going to be the end of this episode. Thank Amazing. you very much for listening. Thanks, Spencer. And until next time, this is Spencer and Lizzie, dis- Lindsay, dispensing information. Goodbye. <laughs>